When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. of Causeway Street Podcast. My name is Josue Pavone. I'm joined as usual. Sean Dutra. What's going on? Joel Pavone. What up, what up? And guys, I gotta say, we got a very, very special episode. I mean, I know we say that in the past. I know we talked about, you know, how many times we've had a bunch of big episodes, but this one, this one is huge. Episode, what are we, 32 now? Uh, 25. 25. 25. Come on, Excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself here. Episode 25 is going to be a big one. Uh, we got a special guest on the phone. A lot to talk to him about. We're going to talk about the uh, 2015-16 NBA season. We're also going to pick his brain about this uh, Celtics team. And we'll, of course, take a trip down memory lane about his time in Boston. All right, my dude broke the NY high school state scoring record. He was drafted second overall in the 1991 NBA draft, making him the youngest player in the league at that time. Played for the Boston Celtics from 1998 to 2002 and helped them get to the Eastern Conference Finals against the New Jersey Nets, was two wins away from the NBA Finals. One of my favorite point guards from the Celtics, my man, Kenny Anderson. What's going on, Kenny? How we doing, man? Welcome to Causeway Street. Oh, man, thanks, man. Thanks for having me on, man. How'd I do? On? That's a pretty good intro, right? Yeah, it was a great one. <laughs> it was a great one, man. It was a great Thank one. You. All right, I'll take that, man. Think about this, this upcoming season, man. Are you, or, are you excited for it? Are you been watching these games so far? We're one weekend. What, what, do you, what do you take away from the league right now? Oh man, I'm, it's, it's an exciting time for basketball fans. I'm a fan now, man. Played in the league 14 years, numerous teams, but, uh, played with the Nets for five years, New Jersey Nets for five years, uh, Boston Celtics for five years, uh, Portland Trailblazers, Indiana Pacers. Um, I was blessed to have that, you know, play in the league for 14 years. And, uh, now, man, the, the lead is so huge. And um, you got a lot of talented young players. It's the, and I say it's the glory days of point guard. Got a lot of great point guards. Stephen Curry, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Kyrie Irving, uh, Damian Lillard, uh, 
it goes on and on, man. Yeah, it's uh, a bunch of them. A lot of great. Uh, John Wall. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, Jeff Teague from Atlanta. It, it, it's just awesome, man. I, I love uh, watching the young point guards go at it, and, and it's just exciting to be an NBA fan. Well, so far, there's been a handful of uh, undefeated teams. Uh, two of them were uh, still undefeated. They went at it last night. The uh, Los Angeles Clippers and the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Golden State squeezed out a win, 112 to 108. Uh, they gave up a lead at some point, at one point, but the, uh, they were able to hold on. Steph Curry scored 31 points. Another spectacular night from Steph Curry. He's averaging 35.8 points so far this season, and the Warriors improved to 5-0. and Kenny, let me ask you, man, have you seen anyone shoot like this before? Yeah, very special, man. Um, he's coming out guns blazing. Um, uh, Stephen Curry, he's a great ball handler. Um, what more could you say? Uh, defending MVP, um, uh, uh, it's really hard to, to, to defend him, to guard him. Um, and, and he got a great team. He got the, they assembled a great small, they playing small ball at his finest, you know, with Clay Thompson, Damon Green, uh, uh, Harrison Bonds. Oh man, them, them guys, they, they just clicking. I love watching them play. I didn't watch them play a lot last year because they're on the West Coast. I watched them in the playoffs. But earlier this year, all the games they're getting, I've been watching them and the flow of the game and how they move the ball and move their bodies. And it's just a good, it's just a good, uh, system that Steve Kerr has put in. So it's just exciting. They're watching them play basketball. Yeah, I agree, Kenny. I, I thought the last year's NBA finals was, was spectacular, man. I thought it was a great matchup between them and Cleveland. Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, again, are going into the season as the favorite in the, in the Eastern Conference. Um, do you do you see any teams in the East challenging Cleveland? Because we've been talking you know, amongst ourselves for the past few weeks that there's, there's really no team in the East right now that can really give them competition. What's your take on that? Do you, do you see any? Oh no, it's teams? too early. It's going to be a few teams. You know, and, and then you gotta you gotta hope everybody stay healthy. You know, with Cleveland, with Love coming off the shoulder injury, uh, Kyrie with this knee kneecap. That's not that's not a hundred percent that he's going to play the whole season. Mm. So you got the Wizards coming out looking good early. Uh, yeah, they actually Atlanta, just knocked off San Antonio. Yeah, you're right. Atlanta yeah. playing well. Um, uh, you got some top teams. The Bulls, I'm not sure about. You know, I, I thought they were going to be, uh, give them a challenge, but, uh, you know, with the new coach, um, coming in, and, um, I just don't see it, you know what I mean, with the Bulls. But, uh, you know, the East, you just can't throw it at, uh, uh, the Cavs. Because they, it takes it takes a lot, man. 82, 80, 82 game season. God got to stay healthy, and um, you know. But I think the uh, uh, Toronto, Toronto Raptors, uh, one of the top teams in the East, that they're, they're, they're going to be a, they're going to be a danger team uh, come playoff time or late in the season. So I wouldn't just throw it to the Cleveland Cavaliers. A few teams out there that can compete with them. There you go. Yeah, I agree with you too. I mean, like you said, injuries are going to be a huge factor in the East. Um, but one one team I mentioned, I, I noticed you didn't mention there, Kenny. What about the Celtics? What do you think they their their chances are this year? No, I like the Celtics. You know, I like the, the I love uh, uh, Brad Stevens. He's a great coach. Uh, he's a very good coach. I like the pieces they're putting together. But um, I just don't know. They're my sleeper team in the East. They, they go. They're gonna be fighting. They're gonna be fighting with. I think the Knicks, the Celtics. Uh, the bottom bucks. I, I think the bucks will be more improved, but they're not gonna, you know, be as good as uh, I think everybody's is, is, is expecting them to be because they gotta make adjustments and 
you know, uh, and they're very young still. Yeah, a lot so of I, a lot of people I, are high on them this yeah, year. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm one of those people. I, I was high on them. Yeah. But they're not. No, so they're gonna be. They're, they're gonna be good. But I, I just think um, Celtics is a sleeper. I, I, I just don't know. They're gonna be up and down. Inconsistent, go. I think. But uh, yeah, I love Isaiah Thomas. I don't know much. You know, I, I know everybody in Boston is high on Smart. But I'm not sure. I know he's a defensive, oh, uh, defensive guard, but everybody say, I, you know, it seems like every time, you know, like last year and even, you know, early in the season, Isaiah Thomas comes in and takes his, and puts up big numbers and, you know, gets most of, you know, as far as numbers wise, he has better numbers than Smart. But, Man, you, you know, it just seems like everybody want to give it to, uh, Smart. I know it's only his second year, but I'm not sure. Man, you just put a big smile on our co-host's face over here. Joel has, has been saying that for the last few weeks that he's not quite sure about Smart either, and that he's not sure that he's still ready to to, to take take a uh, lead of the yeah, I'm not. Position. I'm not. I watched him two years. You know, I'm a big Celtics fan. I got a lot of love. You know, I played there. I love love, and uh, I see how the media and the fans are. You know, loving the, loving the young man. I'm not. I'm not taking nothing from him. Right. But um, I, I just offensively for the NBA, I don't think he's ready. I don't. Now, defensively, and uh, he, he has, uh, he's very strong defensively and, uh, athletically got a pro body, but I'm not sure I offensively it's going to take some time, I think. What do you That's think, so. what do you think playmaking wise? You think, you think he's there? He's, he's ready to lead the Celtics as, you know, a lot of people in the, in the, in the Boston media want, want him to already, you know, take the reins as if he, he he's supposed to be Rondo 2.0 or any other point guard? Now, now some guys, you can put them with a system, you can put players around him, and they'll, yeah, they'll do well. But as far as, you know, finding his shot and hitting the jump shot and doing all that, I think he's going, you know, he's going to have to get some adjustment. But I think Isaiah Thomas is just one of those players that could just, you know, play in any system around any players and still make it happen offensively. So I'm not sure. I don't know if the players they put around, you know, with that team, you know, is he's going to be good enough, you know, um, smart. Now, now it's only two years. You know, this is the first and second year going into it's early. But, I, you know, I I don't see – I see flashes every now and then, but I don't see nothing consistent. I don't – I just don't know. I just read a lot about it, you know, from – um the Boston media, and I see it, you know, how they're trying to, you know, throw them the, um, you know, just give them a lot of credit and want them to succeed, and they should, but it just, I don't know, it just haven't, it just haven't, um, he hasn't, um, looked all that great to me on a consistent basis. Yeah, I mean, I think as a, as a playmaker and, and Brad Stevens' system, it's it, it takes you know multiple players to to play that position. It's not just one solid guy that's gonna like take over and 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 set up you know different scorers on 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 this in this system. At least in my opinion. No, I don't think so. I, I think if if you play Isaiah Isaiah Thomas is a scorer. He's a scorer. He shoot. He's a playmaker. He comes off the bench. I think the other night when he scored twenty six points off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. Open the who, night. Who, who does that? I'm just saying. That's, 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 and, and and shooting the ball pretty well. Yeah. It wasn't like he was a volume shooter. Just throw it. No, he shoots the ball out of. I haven't looked at his stats, but what is he shooting from the field? What is he shooting that from the field? So it, it just seems to me when he's out there, the offense and everything runs a lot. 
a lot of smoother. Now, when you look at on the defensive end, I think Smart got the edge on him, you know, defensively. Yeah, sometimes Thomas can be a liability defensively, but... He's shooting I, 41%. Yeah, it's pretty good. He's shooting 41%, Kenny. That's not bad. So far this season. Um, he, he had a couple of games where he... He, he had, he, a lot of jump shots. Right, right. He can't. He had a, uh, the first game of the season. He he missed his first four shots, but then, like you said, you know, he started getting it going in the second half, and he finished with uh, twenty-seven points. Twenty-seven, yeah. So yeah. seven assists. Um, he actually did the same thing last night against the Pacers. Uh, the Seas fell short, uh, one hundred to ninety-eight against the Pacers, but they played a hell of a game. Marcus Smart was out. Uh, Thomas got the start, dished out seven assists to, to go with the scoring as well. So he's he's made his case that he can you know very well be the starting point guard of this team. Absolutely. You know, and I don't want to, like, I'm, like, uh, taking nothing away from, uh, Smart. I got he's you, man. You're not throwing shade at Smart, he's, right. He's only into his second year. Right. But, um, you know, with Brad Stevens and every, and it seems like everybody around the organization is giving him so much confidence and they're behind Smart. So I think, you know, in the, in the future, you know, I think he'd be fine. All right. Well, Kenny, before we, uh, uh, switch things up here. I just want to take a, take a trip down memory lane real quick. Um, talk about your time with the Celtics from, uh, 1998 up until, uh, 2002 and talk, just pretty much pick your brain about, um, that whole process from when you first got to the Celtics to 2002. You know, the Celtics were a, a lottery team when you got there. Um, in 2002, there were two wins away from the finals. So can you just talk to me about that transition phase with playing with guys like Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker, guys that were, that were young and, and somewhat grew in front of your eyes throughout that span? Oh, you know, playing the Celtics, you know, with all the tradition the Boston Celtics have and coming back east, you know, I'm from New York, so it was great for me to be close to home. Um, you know, playing in Boston and, uh, I had a great time. Um, Rick Latino brought me here under his regime and um played with Paul Pierce. He was a rookie. Um he was uh, he was my rookie. Um I seen him develop into one of the greatest Celtics that ever played, one of the greatest basketball players that played in the lead, uh Paul Pierce and Antoine Walker of course, you know, um those guys and uh, Eric Williams and two thousand and one going into the you know that, that, that playoff run we had was awesome. You know, we lost, came up short, we lost to the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals, but I have nothing but good things to say about the people in Boston and Celtics organization. You know, I was with the old ownership, you know, Paul Gaston Jr. Um, you know, um, the only bad thing about it is they, they screwed me by um, trading me in my free agent year. You know, I had one more year after leading the team to the Eastern Conference Finals. They traded me, and I just thought that was a bummer. Because, um, you know, being in my, my, my free agent year, you, you just, you know, business-wise, it wasn't a good move for me. You know, I got traded all the way out to uh, Seattle. They brought Ben Baker in. But, um, you know, that's the only hang-up I have. You know, I wanted to finish that contract out with Celtics, get another run at it, you know, with that team, and maybe we would have, you know, went a little further and won the East the next year. You know, but, um, you know, they, they gambled. On um, my position, being a point guard, they thought, you know, they could do better without me. And, um, you know, that's just the nature of the beast, you know, of the business. So, you know, I had some great moments. I had great moments in, with the Celtics. I left on a high. So, you know, I didn't, I, after the Eastern Conference Finals in the summer, they traded me. So, you know, I, you know, I have no gripes, man. It is what it is. Business. I was bitter at first, but, you know, you can't, you just got to move on. Yeah, that was a trade that I, 
really had me scratching my head at the time as well because I, I looked at you as the only pure point guard on the team, on the roster. Yeah. Um, I mean, we had, right. we had a, a lot of talent in the backcourt, a lot of talented guards, but I looked at you as the only pure point guard that the Celtics had at the time. Yeah, I I, I was, um, and then and they tried to make Tony Delt the point. But yeah, right. right. He's a and, he's um, not a he, yeah. He wasn't a point. No. And um, you know that's just hey, that's the business. You know, sometimes you gamble and it and it goes against you. And I think it went against the Celtics. And um, you know, like I said, I, I finished on a you know on a high with the Celtics, and um, you know I had a great run. And um, you know, you got to be. In this in NBA, you just you get traded. You just get traded and just got to move on. Yeah, it's a conversation we've had before because after you left, man, the Celtics had a really tough time fulfilling that point guard spot. Um, there were guys who came and gone. You know, uh, Chucky Atkins was one. They had Tony Doug uh, right after you. Um, Marcus, uh, what's this? What am I forgetting? Oh, Marcus, Marcus Banks. Marcus Banks. Banks. I almost said smart, right? Marcus Banks. Delonte Wes. I mean, it was like a revolving door up until, you know. Sebastian uh, Telfair. Sebastian Telfair, right? Up until, oh, yeah. up until Rondo took the, took the, took the spot. Um, yeah. Kenny, talk to me about that playoff run, though. Right after the regular season, was that something that you guys envisioned with Jim O'Brien? Because it must have been somewhat of a tough transition going into the playoffs with the, with the new head coach. And uh, well, not necessarily a new head coach, but you know, making the, make the transition from Patino to to O'Brien and uh, making all the way to Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, we finished the year, you know, the year before that with Jim O'Brien, right? And uh, oh, we just right. thought we finished on a high, right. you know. We just saw something, something was something was going on. It was going to be real special going into the next year, and it, and it was, you know. We just thought that, uh, you know, defensively, offensively, we was on the same page. Um, you know, sometimes another voice is, is, is needed, and um, I think you know, Coach Coach Patino was great. It's one of my favorite coaches. He wore he wore the motions on his sleeve, and I just think he he had enough of you know dealing with the Boston media and the fans, and he, he, you know, it was time for him to move on. But uh, he left us, you know, with some um, with some values on that team, and um, you know, it was like you say, it was my team. You know, and that's one, and that's that was. You know, everywhere I played in New Jersey Nets, Boston Celtics, Portland Trailblazers for the two and a half, I had my, my, my handprint on those teams mm-hmm. because it was my team. I, I ran the team. I knew, I knew my personnel. They knew me. They, you know, they respected me. I was a leader. And, um, you know, it, it was, uh, we just, we just had a good run. Everybody knew they rose. We knew Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce was really going to shoot all the balls. And then next it was going to be me. I'm going to get five, I'm going to get my five to ten shots at the basket. And everybody's going to play defense and rebound. And, and that was it. You know, everybody it was a close knit team. Um, I just thought, you know, like I said, I go back on it. When I, when they traded me, I just was like, wow, because I thought in the following year we were going to do some more damage because we just, we had so much confidence. Mm-hmm. We were so close, but you know, they broke that, they broke that up a little bit. Yeah, I would have loved to see it stick it out for the rest of your contract there too. I mean, did we? I, I did they trade you for Vin Baker? Yeah, is that so what it Vin is? Baker. Yeah. They were trying to match up Man. with uh, with Kenya Martin and, and the, the the size from New Jersey. In my opinion, I think that was the reason why they uh, they went big. But it, it was a deal I just didn't agree with. I didn't think no. that was the right way to go. But but uh, yeah, it is it is what it is. I guess. Yeah, it's business, man. You just move on. I think the Celtics just finished paying Vin Baker, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just just finished that finished out that deal. Uh, Kenny, I got a quick question uh, for you. So, in in your in your career, who was your favorite uh, coach uh, professionally? 
um, Chuck Daly, Chuck Daly, and then uh, Rick Patino, and then um, you know Rick Carlisle coached me in a couple of spots in New Jersey, Indiana Pacers, Portland Trailblazers. Got a lot of love for Rick. Rick Carlisle, Rick Patino, Chuck Daly. Uh, PJ Carlissimo, I had a great year. Yeah. I had a great two years under him. I, you know, Portland, yeah. I, yeah, I had, um, and I never had no, um, most of my coaches, the NBA coaches, you know, was pretty good. It was cool. You still keep in contact with anyone from that Celtics team? Uh, Eric Williams, he, he's always, me and him always rapping. He's coming to oh, my documentary, my documentary dinner on Saturday in New York. You know, I'm doing, I'm in the process of doing my documentary, so. I'm excited about that. He's a Jersey guy, right? I forgot about, I forgot yeah, about that's e, right. e, e, from, e. Williams. Yeah, from Newark. So, t- uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, Mr. Mr. Chibs. Yeah, that's my documentary, man. My life story. Um, uh, it's real dear to me, man. It's, uh, just, it's just, uh, my life, you know, being a, you know, a prodigy at 10 years old in New York City. All the obstacles that I had to overcome, you know, I, I, I did it on every level. High school, college, pro, playground. So it's like, man, it's it just going back in time in my life. Um, being a, being the number one recruit my four years in, out of high school, what I had to, what I had to go through with the recruiting, what I had to go through with the streets and, you know, coming up, you know, coming from a, uh, dysfunctional home, drug addicts, alcoholics, just, you know, I, like I said, I think everybody has a story, but some people don't want to tell their story to help others. And I'm just trying to help others, just trying to get put a, go, you know, a message out there for some of these young kids with potential, you know, on how to handle themselves, you know, and, and letting them know that, hey, after the lead and everything and all the mistakes, you still can live a productive life. And, you know, that's what I'm doing here now in Florida, coaching, mentor, mentorship program, you know, just, I'm doing fine. So uh, the, the, the documentary is just, just about my life, man. You know Kenny Anderson, and you followed me as far as my basketball career. That's one thing, but I just think uh, this documentary is really deep because it's hitting all aspects, you know, uh, financial literacy, uh, basketball, uh, women, uh, um, all type of shit. I'm going into my whole life, man. I'm, it's raw, you know what I mean, just to, just to let people know what it was all about. It's um, Mr. Chips' childhood nickname? Yeah, my mother named me that. It's very dear to me. My mother named me that my five days, when I was five days old. Oh, no kidding. My name was Chibs. Chibs. Oh, man. C-H-I-B-D-S. And my friends and my family in Queens, New York, everybody called me Chibs. And when I did something, you know, positive, and, you know, did, and my mother would say, oh, look at Mr. Chibs. He's doing his thing. <laughs> and, you know, so right. it, it, grew, it grew on me. And, uh, you know, um, I know my mother would be my love. She would be loving this if she was living. You know, what I mean, the, the title of my life story is Mr. Chibs. So that's what it's all about, man. And um, like I said, it's gonna be a real unique and a different documentary sports. Like I don't think nobody else has done something like this because of. Um, and I'm not saying because it's not just basketball. It's going into a lot of different aspects of life. A lot of us try to hide some of our, you know, downfalls and things like that. I'm not. I'm just going out trying to get the message across to, uh, you know, young, young, the youth, and also the adults, you know, just to say, hey, look, you know, played 14 years in the NBA and accomplished this, accomplished that, went through this, went through that, and, you know, look at me. I'm here, you know, still still being productive in society and, and helping and helping the youth. 
No, definitely, definitely. That sounds that sounds like a documentary I definitely would want to check out. So Absolutely. you said it's a world premiere this weekend? No, no, I ain't finished. Like five five to eight months left. We're in editing mode right now. So but right, oh, okay, okay. Right, my fault. Now, my fault. right now, right <laughs> now. No, no, it's about finished. It's about finished. Awesome. We finished. We finished kind of taping. You know, we've been taping. We've been taping for two years. But uh, you know, uh, this is my documentary dinner. Small coin, about forty people, friends and family, a couple of uh, NBA players. Uh, we'll be there, you know, um, it's going to be a nice night, you know what I mean, in New York. And they'll see the documentary, some of it, on uh, signed basketballs, uh, on some of my merchandise, you know, um, go on the website and check out, you know, uh, some of my merchandise that was going. You live in Boston, so you need a beanie. So get one of the Mr. Chips beanie, <laughs> man. Keep your head, keep your head warm. Yeah, I mean, when it's coming. T-shirts is coming. Hoodies is coming, you know what I mean? So get on the website and support, you know? What's that website? Uh, MrChips.com. Okay, okay, MrChips.com. Definitely, Definitely go check that out. Check that out there. Uh, I got another I got another quick question for you. Um you said you played fourteen years in NBA, you're a student of the game, and now you're you're teaching you're teaching the, the, the youth, you know, with you know different projects that you you, you you just mentioned. How has the game in your opinion has changed over the last ten years? Oh, the NBA game has changed. It's fans friendly. They're making it, you know, for the fans. It's, it's, you can't touch nobody. It's more run up and down, but the, the players is more athletic nowadays. But um, I just think it's, it's more of a business, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a billion-dollar business, the NBA, so it's more of a business. So they got to have real, you know, uh, fans friendly. See, when I played in the league, it was mainly defense. You could hold, you could scrap. It was more physical. Now it's just a little more, uh, more loose, more freedom on the court. Uh, so they want the high scores. So you can see a hundred and some points to ninety, things of that nature. You know what I mean? So, so the fans could enjoy themselves. They didn't like those eighty, eighty-five to eighty games, stuff like that. It was, it was too ugly at times. Oh, I, I loved it. So personally, you know, I might be showing my age, but I, I love those, those gritty, you know, defensive-minded yeah. basketball games where. You you saw like the fight, and now it seems like it's not it's not a lot of fight. It's more like who can score the most points, in my opinion. You think so? You think the change is good? Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, it's definitely good. It's exciting, you know. Um, you, you, you know when we play, like I said, the games could could, could be ugly, and could be um, you know, um, very competitive. It's still competitive now, but I just think all oh, the golf they don't let you touch nobody now. A little bit. It's, it's, if I had to say one word. It's gotten a little bit softer. Okay, okay. Yeah. No, I agree. a little bit softer. You know. Yeah. Do you see yourself playing in today's NBA? Oh, man. If I was in shape and running down, I'm, I'm a killer. <laughs> I, I, I mean, like, because you couldn't touch me. You know, yeah. back in the day, it was very physical. Guys could hold, scrap, and claw. Well, you'd be going nowadays, to the line a lot. Yeah, I, yeah I, I, I think I would. You know, and I wasn't a guy that gets to the line a lot. I should have been to the line a lot, but still, you know, referees back then wasn't calling unless they saw blood. Right. You know, it, was, <laughs> it, was, it was crazy sometimes. And you, you know? had a lot of steals too in your, in your career. I remember that. I, I, I had some steals. Um, you know, um, I played 14 years. I think my last three years, I like to tell my, you know, my fans and supporters, as you can look at my, as the, as the stats go, for my first 11 years, I played 35 plus minutes for 11 years straight. You know, that was like my, you know, then my last three years, I didn't play my minutes. You know, I, you know, I'm getting older and going from team to team. 
and I just I just it wasn't playing you know a lot of minutes. But I think if you know you play, if I played thirty plus minutes, thirty five minutes back then, I would have had the same type of numbers. You really can't do nothing in eleven to twelve minutes. Kenny, who's your favorite player growing up? Who's your favorite player to watch? Uh, my favorite player, man, it's, it's unique, man. It's, it's not one favorite. But I, I like all the point guards that have to be. Y'all kind of young. You know, I grew up in New York, so I didn't really pay attention to the pro game. But I played. I, I, I looked at all the point guards before me, like Pearl Washington, Mark Jackson, mm-hmm. Kenny Smith, uh, Boo Harvey, Kenny Patterson. You know, those are all the New York point guards. Rod Strickland, who was before me. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched those guys, but um, I didn't watch pro basketball. Man. I was in the parks, man. Right. I was in the playground. <laughs> I was in the playground. You've been around since. Uh, how's, the, how's the playground game now, nowadays? You know, there's a lot of a lot of good talent there. I, I'm not sure. I don't. New York. I'm in Florida now. Oh, New York okay. is a lot different, but um, uh, you know, basketball has changed. So all around the world, man, ain't nobody doing a playground thing like it used to be. You know, this thing's become worldwide, global basketball, mm. and it's become a business. Everybody's you know, in the gym then, now. Yeah, yeah. Back then, you know, everybody was out, you know, playing in the, in the playgrounds. And, you know, that's where I learned how to play at. Well, from my, the... competitive, my competitiveness and my, my edge was strictly playground, you know, in New York. And it's, it was tough. Well, from the top, you mentioned a handful of point guards that you, um, that, that you enjoy watching. Who's your favorite right now in the NBA to watch? Uh, out of those well, I like Stephen Curry. I love Stephen Curry. I like all the top ones, man. Stephen Curry. Hey, are, are we ahead of ourselves, West, or could Steph Curry West. be one of the best shooters? What do you think? Is it too early? He's one of the best. Yeah, he's one of the. He's one of the best off the uh, off the dribble shooters ever, probably. Ever, right? Okay. Ever, all right. So it's fair ever. to say that, right? I'm not, not ahead ever. of myself, right? Okay. Ever. You know. You know. He's probably the best ever. And he's still got many more years. All right, Kenny, one last question for you. We just want to end it on this note. Who you got winning the championship this year? If you had to pick, putting you on the spot. I had it I had it as um I had the Spurs with no injury. Mm. But the way the the, the, the the dub coming out this year, you know, I, I don't know. I maybe they maybe can defend, you know, defend the title, uh, the Golden State Warriors. How but, you feel about uh, the Clippers? Um, no, I, I just don't, I don't know about them. You know, I, I'm them? not a Clipper fan. Uh, okay. No, I'm not a Clipper fan. I, I love Chris Paul, but I, I don't, I don't know. What about I the- don't know. They're missing something. I, I don't know. They, I know they say they got the deep, they got deeper now. They got a better bench. Yeah. But some of those guys that they got may not work down the stretch. You know, Josh Smith, Lance Stevenson, those guys may not, may not fit down the stretch. What about Paul Pierce? Uh, Paul Pierce may good. not. He's, he's got put wear and tear on him. You know, he's been doing it for many years. I thought he had a great year with Washington last year. Yeah, he it did. A big time shot. Killed now, it in the playoffs. What, that's what they're going to need him to do, you know, in the Clippers. In the playoffs. They just did that in the playoffs. He'll be fine. But um, I don't see them. I don't I don't see the Clippers winning it. What about OKC? Got, uh, oh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. See, I'm about to. You got top. It's top. The whole the Western Conference. There's four or five teams that can come out there and win it. So it's you know, OKC, Spurs, Golden State, uh, Clippers. Uh, you know, then then all the other teams. You know, yeah, but those teams you just don't know, man. But then you got to think about uh, injury. Guys having their whole team. You know, whole team available. You know, you, you just never know. It's a long season. So it's fair to say that the next champion is going to be out of the West, not no, I believe, not, no, not, I not believe Cleveland. It. No, I believe it's going to be in the West. 
I believe it. I, I, and I, everybody got Cleveland to win it, but I, I, I got the, uh, the West going to win. Well, I know, I know it's early, but who's your like MVP pick? I was going, I'm, I'm going, I'm going with uh, Steph Curry. Uh, I was, I went with Russell Westbrook, Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis has a slow. He, he's been slow. He's slow. He, he's coming out of block slow. So I would have to say uh, Stephen Curry or Westbrook. Yeah, Davis will turn it around though. He's too good. Oh yeah, he will. But, but the 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 MVP race, he might have to like mm-hmm. see if uh, if the team is his team doing well and his numbers is up there. Uh, like this, if this guy uh, Steph Curry continues to play like this, it's hands down. He'll, he'll just get the MVP again. MrChibs.com. That's M-R-C-H-I-B-B-S.com. Check out Kenny Anderson's uh, upcoming documentary for updates on MrChibs.com. You also find him on Twitter. He's at Chibs, C-H-I-B-B-S underscore one. And Kenny, man, to have you on is, is, is a pleasure, man. We appreciate it, man. M- New York basketball point guard legend right here, Kenny Anderson, checking in on Causeway Street, man. We appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you, man. Thanks, Kenny. Hope we do this again soon. All right, man. All, all right, my God. Be well, Kenny. Thank you. Bye-bye. Kenny Anderson, guys. Man, I, I could have kept talking to him for another 30 minutes. Yeah, man. I just wanted to scratch his brain on, like, basketball point guard and today's NBA versus when he was in the league. And it's to some to some fans, it might be a little, like, oh, who cares what, you know, someone like Kenny Anderson's got to say. But I've always been a big fan of Kenny Anderson. You know, maybe he's me being a little fanboyish right now. But he, he's yeah, been, me too, he's man. Been, like, like I said, blushing on, right now. <laughs> <laughs> man, I said all the time, man, it's one of my favorite Celtics point guards right here. I mean, he called my phone earlier, and I was like, oh, my God, it's Kenny Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> little schoolboy Joel. No, just kidding. I'll say, hey, but no, seriously, no. Seriously, <laughs> seriously, though, he was a key. He was a key part in. Uh, oh, he was huge, in man. That, in that O two run, that O one O two run. Yeah, that was, that was great to walk down memory lane with him. No, man, that was fun. And plus, hey, he's I, he. I think he's on Team Isaiah Thomas. If you can't tell, I was expecting a little bit. I expect you to ask, you know, who who should start Isaiah or or, or Marcus, but I don't know. What, what, what did you get? From I that? mean, for what he well, said, is I, I mean, I'm pretty obvious. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he wants I think Isaiah it's Thomas obvious. to start. Which, hey. I'm still no, but I still thinking st- about that too. No, but still, I was expecting you to be like, "Hey, you know, I've, I'm on, I'm on the Isaiah wagon, the train of uh, him being the starter." Oh uh, no, I'm not gonna toot my horn too much. So, well, Isaiah Thomas did get the start last night because uh, Marcus Smart was down. Amir Johnson, Jared Salinger, also in the starting lineup last night as the Celtics fell just short, 100 to 98 at Indiana. Guys, real quick before we get out of here, what do you, what can you take from last night's game? Uh, it came down to the wire. Um, Marcus, oh, excuse me, I keep saying that. Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Thomas had a chance to tie the game, in my opinion, but he kicked it out to Avery Bradley, and they, he went for the win. What do you guys think about that? And what do you guys think about the the starting five? Well, I think I think they didn't want to play five more minutes of basketball if they if they uh, could get a, an open shot for Avery because Avery was hot at the end of the game. You know, it was a little short. Avery, in my opinion, is not used to those kind of situations. It is what it is. It's a learning it's a learning experience. I think early on it was just no rhythm for the Celtics because of the the uh the whole rotation was yeah pretty... I didn't see any offensive rhythm yeah. at all. It took them a while to get things going, and yeah. believe it or not, I think David Lee played his best game last night. I mean, he didn't he didn't go crazy in the stat board on the stat sheet, but that pick and roll with him and Evan Turner was really working. And when they when those two came off the bench, I, I thought that they they provided a bit of a spark for the for the offense before the uh they pretty much, in my opinion, they prevented the game from getting out of hand at one point in the second quarter. Well, I, I, I mean, I'm always on the record saying that Evan Turner is one of the best playmakers the Celtics have. So yeah, Joel has no problem doing his own. I have no, two, two. I have no issues with Turner doing what he did last night. But again, it's maybe Brad Stevens is 
has run into uh, a problem that he says that it's a great problem to have, but now it's starting to show a little bit and, and the results of the depthness, the depthness, wow, the depth of this team. <laughs> the depth of this team Deepness, might be, might be, you know, depth. might be an issue now. Well, going forward. So that, that's one thing that I did notice, not only last night, but in the first couple of games, is that you're looking at trying to get, well, last night, what, we have 12 players or 12 players coming in the, in the, uh, empty the bench in the first quarter, basically, which is not a good thing to get your team into rhythm. So when you look at this, you were able to squeeze by against Philadelphia, not squeeze by, you dominated at the end of the game on pure talent alone. But if you're going up against, you know, right. real it, NBA teams. If you're playing a team that, that's not as equivalent your, of a D-League team. Yeah, right. man. I mean, you got to use the depth, I think, a little bit differently. He's using the depth every single night, you know, putting in fresh legs. I don't think that's the way to do it. You got to do it like you started the game last night. You noticed David Lee and Tyler Zeller weren't playing. That's okay. Next man up. You're going to get more minutes. You're going to get their minutes. Not saying it's okay you don't start. You're still going to get plenty of playing time here. Now, you know, you, you like you just said, Sway, David Lee did have a pretty good game last night. Played what eighteen minutes? Mm. I mean, how is that good for him to keep that up and take that into another game? And then, you know, the only person that's getting consistent minutes right now is Isaiah Thomas and Avery Bradley. That's it. So that's going to be a problem. Well, whether he starts or not, I think David Lee needs to play over twenty minutes. I think that you don't... he hasn't though. Yeah, no, he hasn't, but he should. Yeah, he yeah. Has, he's actually averaging just under twenty minutes. Yeah, but because it goes back to his offense. He's been, you know, he's been lacking. Uh, scoring wise, it's not that he's not putting up the shots; he's just not making them. I think coming off the bench is a good is a good way to get that going. Though. I think that's a good job. That's a good idea for for Stevens to do that because now it's a mental get, thing, yeah. right? It's a mental thing. You, you have him come off the bench. You have Sonja, who's you know he's, he's he's not scoring a crazy amount of points, but what you need for him is to rebound. And he's doing that. He grabbed eleven boards last night. So I, I like him in the starting lineup. I still like Amir Johnson. He had a really bad game last night, but I still like Amir Johnson in the starting lineup. And if one thing that, that I think you can take away from the front court rotation is that Tyler Zeller still played about six minutes last night. Yeah, Zeller is falling out of favor really quickly. I think he's close to getting out of the rotation at this point because Kelly Olynyk is getting more minutes than him at this point. Well, yeah, I mean Kelly Olynyk's been playing better than him. Right. Zeller has he's, started he's off the year exactly. Off. I mean, from him from him playing last year, what we saw in the preseason, dude, he looked good in the preseason. Looks like he totally forgot what he was doing to do everything right. One thing I do want to mention, though, is when you're talking about the big man rotation, when is when is Sullinger going to grab that role? You know what I mean? He seems like he right now he's still doing the he's doing he's playing well, but they're giving him a chance to earn starter minutes and be a consistent starter on this team. He's got I mean, he needs to step it up and be that guy that we keep saying he can be. But. I don't see it, man. Especially if he's shooting those threes, man. I'm just, I'm off the. I, I don't know. I'm almost off the Sullinger bandwagon. Last night was the first game that he played a lot of minutes because he was a, he was a starter, right? So I think it's it's his it's his position to to win or lose. Well, he's got his fair share of minutes. He wasn't a starter, but I mean, I, I don't know. I I don't know, man. I am very close to getting off Sullinger's bandwagon. Whether whether it's, I guess for I guess what Sean's trying to say, whether Sully makes him or not, he just doesn't want him taking him, right? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Well, okay. 
Not only three pointers. I mean, don't even get. I don't want to talk about three pointers this much because I I can't stand when Sullinger shoots three pointer. By the game, he actually lost us the game last night. If oh you watch God. that, he yeah, lost yeah. us the game. He that was the worst shot. Elbows three pointer. Oh, but at the end, the last minute of the game, and it was a tie game. I was. I I've never yelled so much at the TV screen. I I couldn't believe because Thomas. This is Thomas passing that ball, and it was like a second of hesitation before he passed the ball because he realized. Nope. He realized Sullinger. He was dribbling, coming off the pick, and he realized, oh, wide open three, and then he realized. Man, it's Jared. <laughs> he's gonna shoot this and break right. this. So he took and he like looked and he gave it to him. He knew he was breaking that thing. That was awful. I was that. That's what I'm talking about, though. If he does does that, and in crunch time, you think Brad's gonna put up with that in crunch time? I, I don't think so. And I'm, I'm more. Hey, put in Emil Johnson. At least he'll rebound and stay down low. I think the goal of this season is to not bring up. Jared Sullinger shooting threes the entire for, well, for one episode. Can we not talk did, about it? We've talked he, about it every single week since the season started. Oh, he did tie the game though with the three before that. Luck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, got some music going there. All right, Joel. Yeah, this, I guess you weren't lying for two weeks in a row. You've been talking about this music for the, in case you missed it, and you've actually came through this week. Well, well, I mean, because of Kenny. Don't get me too. Don't get don't, don't don't get me wrong. You know, this this song happens to be because of Kenny, right? We, you know, you know, keep it in New York. I keep it in it. New York. You know, Queens. That's why I figured I get the best rapper from Queens. That's you right. Know, you can argue. Well, people can come at me and argue, but there is no argument. It's Nas, right? Nas is the best rapper from Queens, correct? Yes. Okay. No argument here. This won't be the. This won't. This might not be the permanent song. For, for in case you missed it, but because but it's because of Kenny, because of Kenny, you know I'm Queens. All right, Joe, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> get to it, man. We get it. <laughs> Queens, Kenny, Nas, we get it. Go ahead. Both. <laughs> nah, in case in case you missed it, um, Jay Crowder hit a 90 foot three pointer that didn't count. Yo, I've never seen Best anything like that. Best turnover of all time. No, but should that have counted though? Uh, I didn't. You should get a point. You should get one point if you. Because, I mean, think about that. Yeah, but you're out of bounds, though. You're out of bounds. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But say if the rule changed, you think everyone was going to try to do that? But try to do If the rule changed. Yes. If there's 0.1 seconds left, you will have a guy on your Well, you have to, yeah, because you you don't have enough time to do a catch and shoot. So, yeah, that's your only option. It was almost more like, it should have been like somebody passing the ball to Jay Crowder, like right right over the line, and then him chucking it. He probably would have made it, too, right? It probably would have counted for three points. I don't know, man. Either way, that was that was impressive. That, that's, I've never seen anything like that in my, in my life. That's that the the best looking turnover I've ever seen. I, I tweeted that out last night. Brad Stevens' face was priceless. Like, the hell was that? Yeah, but he doesn't. <laughs> he even, was so pissed though. That was the that was the closest thing to a smile you got out of it. It was like a little tiny smirk right at the end, and then the camera went off of him, and that was it. Like, I felt like the fans. Any so. other coach would have been smiling, or would have been like, you know, eyebrows raised. No, same face. This is the same guy who had the exact same look on his face after. Uh, uh, Jeff Green did the catch and shoot against Miami. Yeah, one of the most impressive inbound plays I've ever seen in my life. He just stone cold it into stone the stone cold face. Like that's what I expect to happen. Let's go to the locker room and enjoy this win. Like funniest, that's what you're gonna get from Stevens. The funniest, nothing. Funniest part of that last night though was if you look, all the Pacers players are like looking around, like, oh, that doesn't count. Like yeah, go to the right. refs. Like, right. dude, we know it doesn't count. But they like, but very like animated yeah. about it. Like you right. can't count that. They're like, dude, dude it's not about though. And it's not like it was the last play of the <laughs> yeah, game. The game exactly. winning. Uh, Lob, yeah, right. I think that's where where you miss uh, Crash Wallace, huh? For oh, his inbound, for his inbounding abilities. Yeah. Now, nah, in case he did it once. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Crowder's he did it a few times. Guy. Did a few times. Well, anyways, in case you missed it, he did um, it once. um, the only team that's still undefeated out west is the Golden State Warriors at five and zero. Oh. Are the Warriors? Dubs. 
better than last year, in your guys' opinions. I mean, Kenny alluded to it, but he didn't say that they were better. He just said that right now they're looking pretty good. Yes, right now they are because of uh, Steph Curry. Can he do this all season long? I don't think so. Yeah, so Steph I think they're, they're the same team. They're, yeah. they're the same. It's fair to say that, right? They're literally the same team. Yeah, they're the same I team. Just, I think that if you have to go up against them in a seven-game series, that's when you're going to see some weaknesses come out. But we'll see. I mean, they could literally go. They, I mean, in the in the regular season, they're in the West. So one injury, and they're pretty much, you know, you can't ask Steph Curry to do everything. Because, you know, even last night's game, Steph Curry was going off. They didn't dominate. I mean, that was a close game down to the end. So if they're relying on Steph Curry to act like that for them to win, they're going to have major issues when it comes to playoff time. I mean, I know me and Swaver texted each other back and forth during that game. Did the Clippers more so give that game away or just the Warriors just took it? I'm going to say it was a combination of both because I think the Clippers are still trying to figure out their uh, their lineups. You know, you saw Doc Rivers kind of shake things around. He had he kept Austin Rivers there in the, at the end of the game. Too long. Um, I think he didn't know exactly what to do with, with the Stevenson, Smith, Pierce. I think he was kind of still mixing them around, still trying to figure things out because those guys essentially – kept them in the game so he didn't know how to bring in the starting unit but still have one or two of those guys from the bench so I think once he irons all that out uh, Clippers are going to be a, a, a good team they're going to be a deep team I mean best bench in the league can we say that at least right now for the first, after the first week of the NBA Clippers yeah if they know how to use it their, their bench yeah I think you about the Celtics wise. bench bro <laughs> well, you want if you want Isaiah Thomas to start, they're not going to be as strong as you want them to be. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, so I think you know the Celtics. You just knocked them down as one of the top teams, with, one of the top benches in the league. But um, yeah, yeah I, I think the the, the Warriors held, they, they held their own, and a lot of that attests to, to Steph Curry. That, that's, that's Steph Curry, man. Steph Curry came through when they needed him to, like he usually does. And the Clippers, just, they didn't respond. They, they had no response for him. Catch-22 there for Ducha. Ducha wants Isaiah to start, but says that they're the best bench in the league. Uh, I, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I was, it was more of a joke than anything, but I mean, yeah. Put him in the starting lineup. I don't care. He's the best player on the team. You got to wake in this? <laughs> no, we're just wrapping it up there. You threw me under the bus. I mean, come on. <laughs> dude just got his headphones off over here. He just puts them back on. Like, you, can, you guys still talking about this? You can, you can catch us on Twitter at Causeway Street. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Causeway Street blog. Uh, also on Instagram, at Causeway Street. Oh, check us out on Snapchat. We need them followers on Snapchat. Yes, check us out, man. We're going to be, we're going to be, at, I'm going to say, it's fair to say, 90% of the home games. <laughs> 80 to 90% of the home games. So check us out on Snapchat for all the updates. We got better, we got better snaps than, than the Celtics themselves. Trust me on that. Okay. Trust me on that. I'm telling you. Bold statement right there. Very I, I ain't throwing any shots. I'm just, it's just facts. It's just facts. Also, check us out on SoundCloud if you're not already following us on SoundCloud. And for the tenth that follow button. And for the tenth time, thank you, Kenny. Kenny, I appreciate it, man. We all do here at Cosby Street. You're welcome anytime, guys. This has been a great episode. It's been a pleasure, and we're gonna have a bunch more, right? I'm gonna be the only one. Yeah. Hell yeah. We'll be back. Thanks, guys.